Welcome to Seniors and the People Who Love Them. I'm Cookie. I'm Pinky. And I'm Wendy. And I'm Dokakano. Welcome. Thank you. So, Wendy, let's talk a little bit about our guest from last week. You have a little more familiarity with her? Yeah. So last week we had a very interesting guest on. It was Shannon. And Shannon has had a lot of experience as a caregiver for people personally in her family. But also she's been a CNA, a certified medical assistant, a patient care technician, and she's worked in a variety. I know she did home health. She's worked in hospitals and nursing home settings. And so she brought a really important perspective. And also she runs this giant Facebook support group. So we talked about how social media is really changing the way we seek support in this country for many people. I thought she was great. I can't wait to when we publish her episode, I'm going to put it on that support group. And I can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah, she just is was absolutely amazing to me and the information she brought to us is going to be so valuable to our listening audience and what do you think about her pinky yeah it, it, she was amazing the thing she does and how much impact she putting in society and her role in elderly taking care of it is like feel like that if some people don't have it it's like she's the family for them and that relation to bring to the elderly people is very important because they have to respect you. Beside even respect you, they have to trust you more than anything else because most of the time, elderly people just kind of block trusting the people. So the way she was saying that how she connect and communicate and able to gain the trust from elderly. It was amazing. And I think everybody can learn from her how amazing she was to helping the senior in her capacity. And I think she was amazing. I agree. Today, we have another guest speaker that will be sharing what she does in regards to helping people in the community in her practice. She is local in the Baltimore area. Her clinic is called Nova Family Practice. And her name is Dr. Elizabeth Connell. Did I say that right? Yes, that's right. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. But before we start, we have a disclaimer. We are neither physicians or lawyers. If you have a medical or legal issue, you should seek the advice of a practitioner or lawyer. So welcome, Dr. O'Connell. I see that you're DNP, which is a doctor of nurse practitioner. Yes. And a CRNP and an AGNPC. That sounds like you spent a lot of years in school. Yes. So would you mind explaining to our listening audience what that means and what your educational accomplishments can tell us about? A little bit about yourself and what you do. Actually, I started as a nurse and I worked at uh, several hospitals, University of Maryland. I worked at John Hopkins. I worked at Sinai Hospital. University was my last place. I worked at the trauma center. Then before I went into 
having my own clinic. Practically, I deal with adults. So it's that adult gerontology, that's my specialty. So before I went into the nurse practitioner, I was actually doing like a home care visit. Know that your last speaker was a caregiver too. So when I went into the home care as a nurse, I figured out that some of the of our elderly is very difficult for them to see their for see their primary care one they cannot be able to get there or there is no transportation for them to get there or nobody to help them to get there. So when I went into the nurse practitioner, so I said, this is the place, this is where I'm going to divide my own care so that I can go to them if they cannot come to me. So when I opened up Nova Family Clinic, that was my intention of opening up Nova Family Clinic so I can reach out to the people that cannot be able to come and see their primary care. So I have to link up with distinctive diagnostic lab so that in case I need any lab, they can go to the house and get all that lab work for me. And then I can treat, treat the clients while they are home. But in event that they have to see maybe a specialist, then we can arrange for them to go and see the specialist. So that is what Nova family, this is part of what we do. And then the assisted living, we also concentrate on the assisted living homes. We go in there, we make sure that the, the elders in there, that they are well taken care of. And also I have a background on assisted living because when I was a nurse, I have to, I have assisted living of my own to where I was taken care of elderly people. So with that background, I know more of what is required to take care of them. So when I finish up my nurse practitioner and then get into my doctorate, so that is where I specialize on, on adults only. Then I went in and did the training for weight loss, which I have that aside from Nova Family Clinic to where I help people to lose some weight. But my main focus is more adults, elderly people. That's amazing. It's so needed. We see it all the time. People struggling and they're not going to their appointments. They're not going to their specialists. They're not getting follow-ups. They're not getting any of that because they're just disenfranchised and they they don't have the ability to get out. So needed. Yes. Yeah. And that's so true because... We are like myself and Windy previously worked in a hospital. And what happened in hospital when we're ready to discharge, they don't have a physician on community. Of course, for a long time. Because they have not seen the physician three, four years. Yes. Some people are all their life, like 20 years. And so when they come to you. It's too late. Oh, that's yes. because they are so sick because. There was not any medical attention was given to them. So that is a really good program, I think, exactly. for our listener that there is a service that come to you. Because where I came from, where I came from, like India, a lot of physician does home visit, we call. Really? And that way they've been taken care of. And I think here some physicians still doing it, but very rarely. So this kind of clinic will help 
to awareness and help to adult where they're not able to make it to physician or any other services that that clinic can provide to them. And that's the wonderful program. I have so many, like with my team, not just the laboratory, which is the distinctive diagnostic laboratory. I have the mobile x-rays. If in case I need a seat and x-ray, they go to the house and get every all the x-rays done. If I need an ultrasound, they go in there and get the ultrasound done for me. Then I have the physical therapies, occupational therapies that work with my team. And I have the wound care because most of the assisted living, they, I have noticed that most of the assisted living that I've been going through, that they have the problem with wounds. So I have to get a wound care team that in an event that I need that. So instead of that getting to, to the point that they have to be transferred to the hospital or being admitted to the hospital because they wouldn't get infection or anything, then I have the team that can follow up with them at home and make sure that the wound is being properly taken care of before you get infected. That is absolutely amazing. Now, would you say most of the population that you serve is the senior population or? Senior population, yes. Okay. And I, in my experience as a social services director and my relationship with some of the home care folk, I was also stuck in the middle at times trying to be pushed by the particular uh, insurance companies to manage care ones that would say they have to go. And then my home care coordinator and I are searching for a physician and more Often than not, the attending physician would say, yeah, well, I will put the prescriptions written and maybe follow that person for a day. But then after that, they will still be out of a primary care person or primary care physician for the duration. So what kind of coordination do you have to have in place? Because based upon what you're saying, you're coordinating quite a bit out there. Yeah. Right now, we follow major, we take all major insurance, Medicare, we take Medicare, we take Medicaid. The one we are working on right now is a priority partner. That's what we're working on right now mm-hmm. to get that one approved. But the major insurance that we take in that. So um, an event like one of the speakers mentioned, if they are being discharged from the hospital, because we have had several cases where patients have been discharged from the hospital and they don't have any primary care and they're supposed to be going home with it, maybe with wound fact or with PT or OT, and, but there's nobody to follow up. We have gotten some phone calls from the hospital, social workers and all that, and then we follow up with them and then uh, provide the nurses or some of them have been discharged with home care nurses. So what I do, I sign the orders for them and then follow up with the home care that they already provided for them. That brings me hope. I think we spend a good amount of time on this podcast just not being really happy with the system that we're in right now in the United States. And that really brings me hope because it is such an invaluable service for people that it's going to become more and more needed as time goes by. Yes. Can you like tell us a little bit about how a patient, like how they get started with doing that, how they would get referred to you and get started? 
Yeah, most of our referrals actually come from the hospital and so from the social work actually, and then from the nursing home social workers, those are most of the hospital. Also from individuals, we have gotten some calls from individuals in the sense that their mom or they can't be able to take their mom to their doctor so that they need care. So we go in and see the mom or the father or whoever it is. We go in and take care of the person, and then we go from there. So we we get referral from every corner mm-hmm. we go. as long as it's made, we visit that person. Wow! So, yeah. Well, doc, tell us how long you have had with this clinic, and what accomplish? Why you doing this? Why? What is your inner satisfaction doing this? So my satisfaction is one. That's actually came from my grandmother. When my grandmother came to this country, so you know how it is. They say that the physical therapy, they're going to cover for two days, three days, all that. So she had hip replacements and knee replacements at the same time. Wow. And then it's either she goes to the nursing home, which she don't want to go to, or I take her home. And which insurance covers uh, three days out of the week for somebody to come. So I have to literally stop working uh, so I can be able to help her out. So that I was working as a nurse that at, as of that time. And it's like, okay, I have to leave my work. I have to come over here. I have to make sure that she's okay. And well taken care of. The physical therapy had to do it, and she was not able to because the pain was too much. Going to surgery at the same time, the pain was too much. So that right there is okay. If the time for her to go back and for a visit to see the surgeon, then it happens that I have to pay for an extra uh, special transportation to come and take her because she can't fit in my car. Mm. And that right there struck me like, okay, we're just going in for a visit, which if it's a visit and if somebody can come down over here and see her, because I was watching the doctor, what the doctor did, just look at the wound, the wound is healed and okay, you're good to go, bye. And that's it. I paid $300 for transportation. And what if I don't have it? What will happen? Then what of the people that don't have it? What could have happened to them? They will miss that. Mm-hmm. So that was my kick right there. I said, when I get to a point, this is something that I will bring into the community because there's nobody, not everybody can afford it. Yeah, there's MTA bus right now, but what if they don't have Medicaid because the MTA takes Medicaid. So what if they don't have Medicaid? So they're going to pay for their transportation to go by there. So if they're on a fixed income, so what's going to happen? They're going to miss their appointment. And then on top of that, if they are not ambulatory, they need somebody to help them clean up because most of our patients, they're on a wheelchair. So we have to get somebody in to help them clean them up, put them on their wheelchair, transport the person and the patient to the doctor's office and bring them back. That's an extra cost. So if that person don't have it, that means the person will not be able to go and see the doctor. 
So all those things, I thought about it, and that was my push, my kick to say, I'm going to do something like this in the community. That is absolutely just, that, that was your motivating force. No, no. That was my motivating force. Yes. Two ways about it. They hear me say this all the time on the podcast. We're all here for something. There's a purpose to our lives, and I think you're just living your purpose, and I commend you. So in terms of your team, how many people, I guess I would say you pretty much employ to take care of the people that you serve? Right now, because I started off just myself right now, mm-hmm. but hoping to build it up to the point that I have other specialties, the psych and the other ones. But right now, I'm working alone as a primary kid right now, mm-hmm. while hoping to employ more people because we the numbers are getting more because we're getting more referrals. So when I started, I started at work and then have all these team specialties around. So but in the near future, I'm hoping to employ more nurse practitioners that I can work with and then we can take it to the next level. Got you. And how long have you been in operation? I started NOVA June of last year. Okay, that's great. What does NOVA stand for? I believe it must stand for something. No, I just saw the name and I love it. Okay, okay. I like it. It's great. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw the name and I love it. <laughs> great. Yeah. What would you say have been some of your most challenging issues? I think you may have already touched on some of those. So, if there was one thing that you could change in that arena, what would that be? What would you change to make your life easier in terms of the community that you serve and the people that are pretty much, I guess I would say the disciplines or the other resources that you utilize, what would you change? What I would actually change is one, them answering the calls, answering my phone. Because anyway, what I said, them answering the phone calls is sometimes when you call, they might not be at work because some of them are, they sleep late Mm. and they wake up late. So because I have one client and I already know he's going to tell me, he said, don't call me before 1 p.m. So don't come to my house before 1 p.m. I already know that one. Oh, yeah. If they set up appointment like that with me, that I know their time, then I can work with that time. But if I say, okay, I'm coming to your house like 10 a.m. to see you, some of them I'll go in, I can call and then call, no answer. I try not to even call people (laughs) early because they're dealing with a an illness and I like reluctantly would call somebody at 9am if I had to. I remember I was the person in the beginning of COVID who had to call all the families and tell them that somebody had been in their home that now has. So we wanted to tell people as soon as we could, but I was like, oh, this is not going to be a popular phone call. I called them a day before to let yeah. them know that I'm calling But the day that I'm coming, I still have to call to let them know I'm on my way. Sometimes 
they might get it. Sometimes I would go to the door and I would knock and knock and knock. Nobody would get it. Oh my. Mm. So that is the only challenge that I do have, which I understand. So other people you don't know what. Some of them they don't get enough sleep at night or they sleep late at night. And then when depending on how that morning works out, it can be good in the morning, arthritis can be in the morning. So <laughs> depending on how it is. So, you know, I kind of tell her that and said, okay. I will let me go to the next house. If the next person answer, let me go to the next house. Then by the time I finish up with this one, then that one, the other one will answer my call, but then that one is up. So that's how I just juggle it for the day. I'm sure it takes a lot of juggling sometimes. Yes. So I have a question. Maybe it might be not right question, but I say I'll try. So you say you're taking all kind of insurance, medical assistant, Medicare, and a much or all insurance. Mm -hmm. So my main concern is a medical assistant because in my past, when my patient wants to go home and we try to get medical assistant, that's the only person has a medical assistant. It is very difficult to get services for that client. So what is your suggestion and how did your clinic help on that aspect? Like doctor visit at home, physical therapy, occupation therapy, if they need it after a consult. So this is what I do. Trade medical assistance, okay, without any HA, which they cover less, okay? Like I tell them, this job is not practically money. It has nothing to do because if I add my transportation, my gas, which is high right now, it really doesn't cover nothing. Yes. Really, if they have a copay or whatever it is, I don't, I waive the copay for them. Because if you look at them, they are on a fixed income here. Okay. Medication. I have a patient. Let me give you an example. I have a patient. He has a Medicare actually. And the patient's supposed to be on Eliquest twice a day. So insurance doesn't cover for Eliquest. Doesn't. And they need that. It's a real problem, yeah. Okay. I have already ordered this. I send it to the pharmacy. Then I have to call the pharmacy. There's a company, the company, the Eliquest company. So I follow up with the Eliquest company. They gave me a form. I fill the form, everything, send them the other information my notes, everything, and then they approved to give him the medication. So this, I'm not doing it that insurance is going to pay for it, but does this patient need that medication? Yes, this patient need it because if he don't get it, he's going to get it flat, and then that's the end of it. Yep. But sometimes this insurance, they don't know what is behind the scene, what the providers do. They don't know that. So I'm not, when it comes to the co-payments and whatever the family or the patients have to come up with, I wave that out for the elderly people because if you have to take that little thing that they get every month, they are left with nothing. I reach out to social workers too to ask questions. Okay, is there anything we can do? Or how can we go and how can we help this person? 
like most of them that need depends. I learned from a social worker, if you have medical assistance, oh, they can get a free depend. Okay, if they have Medicare, they cannot get a free depend. So I have to learn all these things. I was like, okay, fine. I will pass the news to them and say, look, if you have this, I can write a prescription and then we get a supply of a depend and wipes and all that for you. And then you don't have to spend your money on that. But if you have Medicare, then we have to look for a charity organization or churches and all that so we can get something for you. Because I've lived with my grandmother, so I'm just looking at her and I'm looking at them. It's really great. I agree with you in terms of being able to, in terms of social workers or social service workers, what we have to do is we have to find certain programs to be able to have the medications come to the individuals. There's one particular program on the Johnson Johnson when it comes to Aliquiz and what's the other blood thinner that's supposed to be better than Aliquiz? I'm trying to think. It'll come to me. But anyway, there are programs that you have to be able to, number one, and I can appreciate what you do, be able to even use a computer and go online in terms of the patients that have to go home and then have to look for medications or hunt for medications through these various programs. And it's really complicated. And, this, and oftentimes they just don't even try because it's overwhelming. I went through this experience with a friend of mine having to be on one particular type of blood thinner and had to go through the bureaucracy like you would not believe it. It was absolutely very disheartening. And people just don't know how to maneuver in the system to get what they need. They really Mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great to have a provider that's willing to get into those granular details because... It's novel. It's really, it's unusual. And it's what people need. They need for us to take those extra moments that might not cost us so much, but can help them so very much. So is there anything else that you want to share about Nova practice, Nova family practice, Dr. Akani? Yes, that's practically what we do. Well, we commanded the work you do and how much you help to all the senior and adult people. And I know our listener appreciate, but we as a podcaster, we are appreciate what you're doing for the community. Thank you. And if you're ever looking for patients, I bet we could drum up some for you. Of course, we are really looking for one. We're looking for patients out there. That's somebody who I put in my phone. Yes. <laughs> I need that number. Anybody yes. that we can extend our services, yeah, we appreciate we will take that person along with us and like, yeah, extend our help. Geographically, I know your your location is on Harford Road. So, yeah. would you say in terms of the clientele that you serve, pretty much are within a certain radius of how far you would go for a home visit in Maryland? Yes, anywhere if they are in Maryland. All right. Okay. That's amazing. That's great. Yes, I have a house in PG County. Okay. I have a house in PG County. I have a house in, I have Joppa Town. Okay. Great. If they're Maryland, yeah, we'll go there. All right. All right. That sounds great. 
So let's take a break. And when we return, we will share some medical terminologies from Pinky. And of course, we'll end with the Pinky joke. I was just editing the last podcast yesterday and I was listening to your joke, Pinky, and it really made me laugh out loud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> it's not necessarily the joke. It's you. The way I say it. I agree. That's yeah. why I interject that yes. part of our podcast. <laughs> That's what Leanne always says, Pinky, your joke is a joke. You say it is a joke. <laughs> We are back, and Pinky is going to take it away with some medical terminology. Okay, so today for podcast, we have some unusual terminology that I probably hasn't heard of it, and that's with start, N-O-C-P-E, every night, N-O-F, neck of femur, P-C, after food, P-O-P. Plaster of Paris, P-U, past urine. That's that's quite interesting. P-U has something to do with urine. Yep. I also wanted to talk, we always try to find some resources for our listeners. And I was able to look up something that I thought was relative to this topic. If you go to the Association of American Medical Colleges, and I get a lot of good articles from them. They have an article um, in their news section that says, House Call Medicine Makes a Comeback. Wow. And it's pretty relative. It's all about how this trend, even before COVID, but especially since COVID, how this trend is really catching on. And I think people are recognizing that if you want to keep seniors healthy, and people with chronic illnesses healthy for as long as possible and keep them out of the emergency rooms and keep them out of your hospitals, then you need to develop care that takes into account the struggle of getting somebody to their appointments and having multiple family members where everybody's working and not available to take care of that loved one. I think our society is getting better with providing resources like that, especially when you are in a big metropolitan area like we are. And I know in rural areas, they struggle more with this, but I think this is really great. So you can go to aamc.org and they have tons of great articles for senior citizens or anyone with chronic conditions. Right. Let's ask Dr. O'Connor to share her information of how you can be reached. Okay, so my clinic is Nova Family Clinic, and I'm located at 608 Halford Road, Baltimore, Maryland, 21218214. My office phone number is 410-444-4751, and my cell is 443-570-2706. My fax is 443-451-8633. And I will put all of that in the show notes as well. So wherever you're listening to us, there should be a little note on the podcast with that information as well. Okay, so today's joke is, a young man was walking through a supermarket to pick up a few things when he noticed an old lady following him around. 
thinking nothing of it. He ignored her and continues on. Finally, he went to the checkout line, but she got in front of him. Pardon me, she said. I'm sorry if my staring at you has made you feel uncomfortable. It is just that you look just like my son, who just died recently. I'm very sorry, replied the young man. Is there anything I can do for you? Yes, she said. As I'm leaving, can you say goodbye, mother? It would be make me feel so much better. Sure, answered the young man. As the old woman was leaving, he called out, Goodbye, mother. As he stepped up to the checkout counter, he saw that he total was $127.50. How can that be? He asked. I only purchased a few things. Your mother said that you would pay for her, said the clerk. Somebody tell <laughs> that young man. Well, he should pay. That's his mother. There you go. That is correct. <laughs> That's funny. So if you have any questions, feedback, or ideas for future topics, please visit our website. We ask that you subscribe to our upcoming episodes by visiting www.seniorscast.com. Our episodes are released every other Tuesday morning. You can also email us on seniors at seniorscast.com. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So Dr. O'Connell, Dr. Elizabeth O'Connell, we certainly do once again thank you. Thank you. We honor you. We are in admiration of you. And we hope this is not your first time. I will definitely come back. Okay, great, great, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So until next time, I am Pinky. I mean, I am Cookie. Who yeah. are you? Until next time, I'm Cookie. Oh, no, I'm leaving that in. And I'm Wendy. And I'm Pinky. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.